today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting in studio. To my right is my best bud, David Niles. And to my left is my best bud, Dr. Ray Grandy. He wouldn't say. He may not reciprocate the best bud. You're in the top uh, 100,000. I'll take it. You know, Dr. Ray, of all the people that I know, you're definitely one of them. Not one time. Did I recognize my voice on that intro? Not hmm. once. Hmm. This is your time to give us a good sound clip. Thanks for everything. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do a lot of voices, right? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yo, yo, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with us, though. You guys didn't even pay me. No. So you're not getting any of my best stuff. <laughs> you're getting what you paid for. Well, so, oh, so okay, so I they. think it's really good that you be a good person and a man, um, and that's good. Okay, and follow I'm Jesus. Done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, everything is good, and <clears throat> it's all okay. Yeah, okay. We're all wonderful humans here. Mm-hmm. You all have stickers, and you get your trophies. I'm yes. okay. You're okay. But your kid could be a brat. Yeah, I'm gonna start displaying all my trophies on this wall. I'm gonna make a trophy wall. That would be great. Be I'm just just a, every a lot month. of third places. A lot of third places. Every month, I'm just going to go to the trophy, trophy store and just buy something. That's <laughs> what you find out. You Do can, some shopping. You can be good. I found that out. I can be good at anything. You can buy trophies. I got trophies in everything. They'll just give them to anybody. Curling. I'm a curling champ. I wonder if I could In play. the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big, big uh, curlers down there in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's competitive. Yes. Yeah. You want to, you want to I get think you should drink? do a little more curls too. There, looking a little, yeah. looking a little Look smooth, looking a little smooth. It's just tough for me to find t-shirts that fit in the, uh-huh. in the in the biceps area. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looks like monoceps to me. <laughs> <laughs> they just have merged together. <laughs> so, Dave, we're uh, here with Dr. Ray. We're going to drink a little bit of a different mimosa. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out ways. Isn't she of... the one that turned on Trump? <laughs> close. Okay, that's close. Uh, but this is this is basically a mimosa with a little bit of vanilla vodka, so it kind of becomes a dreamsicle. Sweet. 
is what it is. Nice. Um, we're running out of breakfast drinks um, to have on the show, at least in my opinion. Tang. Tang. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what my great grandma used to make. Yeah, my easy. Go easy. We'd go over there. Her her <clears throat> house would be at a very comfortable ninety three degrees, with blankets all over the couches. She's freezing, and she's freezing. Mm-hmm. Asking, is it okay if I turn my space heater on? Let me make you some tang. That's all we. I also used to get tang at my grandmother's house, and I always loved it. And I always wondered, why is it just here? Like, why can't tang be other places too? My grandmother was Italian. Figure that out. And she babysat me, so I know all the Italian cuss words. Nice. nice. Mm. Yelling. Nice. That's all I know. I can <laughs> cuss in Italian. <laughs> I mean, what else do you really need? I mean, so you could play golf in Italian. Yes. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People can tell me, you're going on the man show, and then I can respond in Italian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so much of Italian is just like kind of like. Kind of a grunt sort uh, of. Yeah. And hand gestures. Yeah. 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 Kind of thing. Hey. Yeah. Hey. 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 Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's that's very Bostonish too. Man, it's a manly. Uh, it's a manly ethnicity. Really totally. It's totally. How we communicate. A lot of meatballs too, which I like. Easy. Don't point your finger at me when you're talking meatballs. Which I like. <laughs> what are we talking about today, man? We're going to talk about your new book, actually. About time right you get there. around to making some sales for me. Yeah. Why don't you throw it up there, Juan? Right. Will, will where's, you, your, uh, where's your camera here? Right, see that see one that right, right, right there? Right I got there. it right there. Down here. There we go. There it is. Over to... It's a little crooked there, isn't it? Other way. There we go. Mm-hmm. Raising upright kids in an in a upside, upside down, down world. world. Defying the anti-parent culture. I thought you were going to say gravity. Well... Well, I'll tell you what, the culture does have the power of gravity because it is mm-hmm. relentless. Yeah. It is hard to fight. I heard you actually bilocated yesterday. Bilocuted, talking two places at once over at the one radio. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Dave picked you up. You got in the car. He said, So you were on the Catholic radio station. Dave says, Yep. Here, let me turn it on for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't listen to Dave after that. I just listened to me, and he kept mm. trying to interrupt. Said, shh, shh, oh, okay, shh. This is brilliant. Hold I'm on. A, I'm shh, about to make a really good really point. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should listen. <laughs> right. In fact, do you have notes? Can you write this down? Yeah. <laughs> You'll want this later. <laughs> I left him in your car. Yeah. <laughs> but Dave trilocates. I don't know if you know this, but Dave can trilocate. I did tell him that. You did tell him? Yeah. I mean, I know this is a humility battle between you two. Dave is actually known. I will crush him in humility. Dave is known on the interwebs as the guy for humility. It's true. I was the one who wrote it, but it is true. He showed up to collect the Humility Award trophy, and if you do that, you automatically lose it. That's why I've won it nine years mm. in a row, because I say, I'm sorry. See, that's a misconception. I don't deserve this. It's a misconception, Dr. Race. If I tell you I'm a six foot two, polish catholic it's only because i am it's because it's so that's true. humble if you're real yeah so if i say i'm the humblest guy that there is and that's true just because it's just the way it is okay i'm not bragging i can see that god made me this way oh the old god made yeah me this way. god made me this <laughs> that's way. that's the old trump card <laughs> oh yeah you're good at that god gave me that ability yeah, yeah that's the real humble <laughs> phrase that's how you won the, the competition isn't yeah. it yeah yeah it's all about marketing yeah, it's all about marketing. <laughs> okay, so yes. so let's talk let's talk about this. So we, there's a lot of things that I think parents in in this day and age get 
bashed for like Dave and I get looked at very weirdly, not just because of our looks, but because of the things that we do with our with our children. First of all, when I tell somebody that I have four kids, you're you're right there. You're I'm, a weirdo. I'm already a weirdo. And you know what they say? Here's what they say. They say they ask me, "Well, you know, you know how that happens, right?" And my response typically is, "Yes," and I'm really good at it. Now, <laughs> I make the point in the book that not only is our culture anti-parent in the sense that it's against the way we want to raise our children, mm-hmm. it's against children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the point. People don't realize that. We have an anti-child culture. Mm-hmm. And so if you have more than your allotted 1.86 children, you're sucking up more than your share of the rainforest right. is right. what you're doing. Now, so I'm que- now, my question is... You have ten children, yes, all adopted, yes. So I get away with it. Now okay. I get away with it. That was my question because, like, they're going to ask you. They're going to say, "Well, how many kids do you have?" You say ten, and they're like, "Well, you know, you know how that happens, right?" I say, "Yeah, I go out and get them." <laughs> yeah. We don't practice safe phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call and we say yes. <laughs> yeah, so that was my question. Like, do they give you the pass since you have ten? They do because I have multi race kids too. So, uh, they so it's a recognize, double check mark. That's right. They recognize. Oh, that's okay then. Oh, you're just like Angelina Jolie. <laughs> uh, I'm probably a little stronger. Yeah. <laughs> but so. here's the other thing, though. I have friends who have adopted a bunch. I had one lady I know who adopted 18. She gets grief. 18? She gets grief. And you know what they say to her? What are you trying to prove? Oh, so, so she you, can't win for anything. She can't win because you're you're now reflecting upon me that I don't do that. Yeah. You are holier than thou mm-hmm. in doing that. I couldn't believe when she told me this. I said, you got to be kidding. She said, no, no, they look at me. I, we even had a couple think that about us. Really? Like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? Yeah. I'm not doing it. My wife was doing it. I went out. <laughs> I show and, up and. I went I, out and wrote parenting books. I don't have time to raise kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jeez. working. Jeez. I come home in the office and got another one. Yeah, I know. I said, what? <laughs> I don't like her going to the mall. You know, can I just buy a sweater? <laughs> yeah. So after uh, Pamela and I had our first kid, I took a week off, and then my first day back to work, I didn't even make it to the elevator. I was as I was walking up to the elevator, there was a lady that I work with, and she's like, "Oh, congratulations, welcome back." And she said, "So, are you guys done?" And she did the whole Sullivan nod thing, like. Like nodding, like you're gonna, you're done, right? David, think about this. Think of the arrogance, the intrusiveness, the intolerance of somebody saying to you, Well, I'm really questioning the way you've decided to be married and to have children. (laughs) We live in a culture that says sexually anything goes. You can do anything you want anytime, and you better not judge me. Yeah. Except have babies in marriage. Yeah. Then. We will judge you. Well, what I so when someone asks me this question, are you guys done? I look at them and say, Are you asking me if I'm going to continue to have sex with my wife? <laughs> good. That's a good look there. Like, you, you, you do, you do not, the stupid look very naturally. It, it, it seems to fit you well. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking me right now. Like, am I, am I done with what? Exactly. Or, or, or like, you know, you should get a TV in that bedroom. It's like, hold on, time out. So you're telling me you think TV is better than marital relations? You're you're doing something wrong, buddy. Yeah. Like we need a we need to have a little combo. I'll take you under my wing. Yeah. If, if it's <laughs> kind of absolutely depends necessary. On the program. Yeah. <laughs> Here with Doctor Way. Doctor Ray. Doctor Way. Way. I was about to say we'll be right back. I am the but way. We're not going anywhere.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Dr. Ray Gurendi. We're talking about how to raise upright children in an upside-down world. And I don't know what the subtitle is of what the thing we're talking Defying the anti-parent culture. You know why yes. I put that in there? Because every book has to have a subtitle. Well, that is true. But I every didn't book. want people to think, oh, this is just another book to tell you how to raise a virtuous kid. Because there's a million books out there like yeah, that. Yeah. This is a book that says the forces of the culture that are misshaping our children, their minds, their souls, their mm-hmm. attitudes, their beliefs are pervasive. And 90 plus percent of parents underestimate those forces. Mm-hmm. They allow them into their homes. They compromise with them. They yield to them and they are washing them. And then one day, sadly, they look at this 18 year old, this 20 year old, this 25 year old and go, What happened? We didn't raise him that way. And then at some point, they will realize what it was. And they, oh, they I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I wish I could do go back and do things differently. Because at some point, you do kind of figure it out that, but sadly, maybe it's their kids are grown, you know. Never in human history have some, have some things been able to get into your house and raise your kid mm-hmm. in its image. In the image of video games, in the image of smartphones, in the image of technology, in the image of materialism, in the image of entertainment, in the image of sports figures, all of it Mm -hmm. essentially says, hey, Pop, you are way off. And if you're a religious dad, you're really a mess. Mm -hmm. Remember last night I was talking to my 22-year-old son? Yeah. And you guys ate most of the food before I came back to the table. Yeah, and drank yeah. your beer. Yeah, I noticed well, that. You yeah. spit well, in it. You just you just left it sitting there. <laughs> yeah. That was your fault. Your, son, your four-year-old son grabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> Jude was like, dibs. He said to me, my son said to me, and he didn't say this disrespectfully, Dad, you're one voice telling me how to live. There are thousands telling me that your way is wrong and their way is right. Uh-huh. And he and he didn't say, I'm going to yield to those voices because they got the numbers. He just simply said, that's what it is, Dad. That's what's out there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's very perceptive of him. Most yeah, 22-year-olds don't even take, don't have the ability to actually critique the messages that they, you know, I think they're just kind of, they're more thrown about by the, the torrents and the forces that weigh upon them. So, and if we use our intellect to evaluate these things, then it's easier to let some buy or withstand some that we know are ridiculous. But if you don't have the awareness, the self-awareness to to do that, then you are subject to the forces that that they impl- imply on you. Yeah, parents are afraid. The number one reason why good parents now not I'm not talking oblivious parents. I'm talking parents who mean well. Right. They want to do it right. They are afraid. That if they don't compromise with the culture to some degree, Mm. their children will be resentful, will reject their values. You know, the old, well, if you set your standards too high, your kids are going to rebel. You know, that piece of nonsense that pervades parenthood now, and and it's promulgated by the experts. Mm -hmm. So they're afraid. They compromise with it. They give a smartphone at age 13 because 98% of her her friends have one. Yeah. So they're afraid to say, I don't think she should have one, but oh my gosh, she's getting so upset at me. She's getting resentful of me. I don't want to destroy our relationship. This is awful. I don't want to make her feel like an obel. They, they collapse. 
it, it's, it's routine. It's the psychological fear of not flowing with a culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to even go one more level. I actually want to go two. With one with, okay, what about dads who say, well, I here's my standard, but then the wife isn't on the same page with the dad? As far as like... W- that's with, a marital problem. That's or, a marital problem. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, yeah. sure. That's, that's a marital problem. And then how, how do you also do it with uh, grandparents? Like, so let's say I have a standard and then my parents come in and say, no, it's okay. Little Johnny is okay to have X, Y, or Z. You have, do you, more le- you have more leverage over grandparents than yeah, you do like, Well, we have an iPad, but they'll only use it at, at our, our house. house. No, yeah. they won't. No, they won't. Right. Sadly... There's a continuum of how much grandparents can disagree or undercut or think that you're not with the culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are the same. Like like a comedian once said, these are not the same people who raised us. These are old people now trying to get into heaven. So <laughs> given that, there's a continuum. Are they directly undercutting you? In other words, if you leave the kids at their house, they're going to let the kids watch what they want to watch because you just don't let them watch normal stuff. Even though you've asked them not Even to. Even though you've asked yeah. them not to. And what happens in those extreme cases, they force you. They actually force you to limit contact mm-hmm. or to only have contact when you're there. Yeah. That's it, it's sad. Now, there are those who disagree with you, but they will acquiesce re- reluctantly to your wishes. That's fine. Yeah. And they'll say things like, Well, your dad doesn't want me to there let you do this. You know, I'm the good guy, and your dad's the bad it, but... guy. Yes, that's that's really, and use a cliche, throwing you under the bus. Yeah. It, it truly is. Yeah. I did that to my wife one time, just once, and I learned. Gentlemen, don't ever do this. Kids came to me asking for something that their mother already said no. I said, well, if it were up to me, I'd let you. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They... I didn't realize my wife was that strong yeah I didn't, I, my head hit the ceiling yeah. several times she said don't I ever think it may have been the fan yeah don't ever do that to me again and she was right she yeah. was totally right mm-hmm. and if grandparents put you in that position for example here's here's a common one indulgence they give you tons of stuff for your kids gifts christmas time yes 16 stuffed animals we used to give 80 percent of it away it didn't stay in our house. It went to Children's Hospital where the kids delivered it and gave it to the um, the volunteers for mm-hmm. those kids who are in that hospital who don't have a single visitor on Christmas except the nurse. So we gave it to them. And now, how'd the kids react? Eh, a little bit. They kind of didn't understand it, but then they got used to it. That's the way we did things. Mm-hmm. And then I had, and you have daughters, so you're going to find this out. Yeah. I had a narc daughter. <laughs> Grandma... You you might as well not give me a baby doll. Mom and dad just give it away. <laughs> yeah. And she was eight months, eight months old. <laughs> so what we do at, at our house before Christmas or before a big birthday, we have our, our kid uh, get a trash bag and they have to pick out which some of their brother pap- they're going to give away. Which, which brother they're oh, going to give away. You yeah, know. we tried that. And it didn't work out. Yeah, well, the same well, brother no, always got given away. How did, you didn't do a very I good job. Started with stuff. 16. Started yeah. with 16. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's... Pretty good retention rate. It is yeah, bad yeah. over time. Over the years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they pick out their favorite presents or their favorite toys that they have and, and they give them away because they know that 
More's coming in. More's coming in. So we have to make room. What do you mean they pick out their favorite toys to because, give away? Well, we first said they just pick, pick out their out. siblings' favorite toys to give yeah. away. Well, yeah. at first we, we said let's just pick out uh, some toys. Well, they always picked out the ones the they never oh, played the with. Broken yeah, ones. the ones yeah. that were half broken yeah. or like missing a piece or you know something that they, they never played. They quickly with. learned a scam of that system. Yeah, right. So we'd always say no, no, no. Ones that you play with on a regular basis. And I talk about that in the book. I have a whole chapter called Overstuffed in the book. Uh-huh. I talk. Talk about the materialism and how that leads to the kind of kid that's entitled, that isn't happy with what he has. And I talk about Christmas. This is not this is not their birthday, okay? Christmas is not their birthday. So as a result, I, we do exactly that. I recommend that in the book. You go through, I call it thinning. You go through what they have and you decide what are we going to share with someone who doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such an odd thing that the relatives are going to be upset at you. That yeah. you might as well take, you might as well accept that. That's going to happen. Instead of them saying, "Hey, David, Adam, wow, that's good thinking. Wow, you know we complain about children being ungrateful and entitled, but you guys are doing something about it. That's wonderful." Right? No, it's and your little dog too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd be okay with them keeping their favorite of the two, but I would probably... See, he's already cracking. Yeah, he's already He's cracking. already cracking. No, we tried to do this. I totally... I totally was... The, I, re, I realized... I've been saying for years, why do we have all this stuff? Because I have never bought my children a single toy. I have never never bought them. I don't know where all They're of it gonna came They're going to be from. on Springer. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't know where all these toys came from. And I have always said, like, we have to get rid of these. And then we went to do it. My wife and I were kind of doing some pre-combing like let's just we're gonna get rid of a lot and then we'll let them pick some to get rid of and i was i realized it's me i'm the one go oh well oh, oh we this, don't want to get rid remember of that. this remember she used to sleep with us when yeah, she was two. exactly and i was like it's me i'm the, i'm the reason you know uh so it's like i've got some i have some issues dr ray i need to work on you well excuse me there david you no you're not professionally trained to use the word issues you're okay. right you know. I'm not professionally trained. No, you're not, but I have issues. Shocker! That's not. That's not. Yeah. That's not. It's surprise to I anybody. Severe, severe personal defects. I I would use the word pathology. Yeah, yeah, some of that, <laughs> sprinkled with other stuff. <laughs> but I do think that the so the less kids have, the more appreciative they yes, have, that's and, the, a simple and, rule. and the and the more happy they are. Right. That is the a simple yes. rule. That's what I've noticed. That it seems like it's a burden. If you give a, a child a lot of toys, it's almost like a burden on them because now they have to. They have like to keep track of them all, and you know what I mean. Is we that had true? a one stuffed animal rule. The really? First, yeah, the first seven or eight kids, one stuffed animal. You pick the one you want. If another one comes in, you decide which one you want. Now I got a little sloppy on that with kid nine or ten. You tend to do that. I don't know if it's because yeah. of my age yeah. or whatever. I limited it to five hundred, but <laughs> but no, they got up to about five or six, and then uh-huh. the young and then the older kids are saying, oh. Well, yeah. we had one. Oh, we can see who the favorite is now. And I just go, yeah, she is. Come on, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't do that to your oldest children, I mean, slack the rules on the younger ones so and that they, they have something to complain and they about. they were taking then. notes in their diaries so right. they could quote. You know, on December 7th, what you said, Dad, was eight years ago when I asked if I could have a second stuffed animal. Look, I have it down here. I quoted it. It's two days after my fifth birthday. Yes, <laughs> it's true. You said this to me. <laughs> So when we get back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about cell phones, iPads, kids, when they should have them, when they should not have them. 
how we are always the ones. I seem like we're we're the ones saying no, and everybody else is saying yes. Sorry, I hold on you have a, you have a phone call. Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah, I do. we'll let him take the phone call. Do you want to check my take... text messages? Yeah, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> right I've been I've been unavailable for four minutes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show, sitting here with Dr. Ray. We have a MAGA hat. Men are great again. Men are great. Yeah, we should do that. Boy, we'd get the emails that we would get. I would just forward them all to you and let you not answer them. I'm really good at that. That's one of my talents. Is not answering emails. Yeah, the, the, that's another one of the gifts that God has given me. Not answering emails? Is ignoring emails. I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Before the break, we were going to talk about uh, cell phones, iPads, age of the kids that is good or bad to have them. Last night you gave a, you gave a um, you gave some statistics on dating, and I'm sure that dating and iPad like apps on phones very much correlate, and how early they date versus when they start being sexually active. Parents will say to me. And I'm hesitant to answer this question because I don't like the wording. What's the biggest mistake I can make as a parent? Oh, that's simple. Give your kid a smartphone. Yeah. That's simple. Or like choose not to baptize them. That would be a pretty big mistake. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah. But they're talking about the secular stuff. Yeah. Uh, If your kid's 13, she doesn't have a smartphone. She's in the bottom 5%, 2%, 3%. So parents yield and they give it. They wouldn't think of giving a flip phone. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Does it does it work? That, is yeah. it a crank? That's what I had when I was like 17. Yeah, but they were cool back then. Yeah, they yeah, were. Cause, yeah, because there was no such thing as a smartphone. I used to carry it's my like, garage ooh, door opener phone. so people thought I had a pager. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cool I was. But I, they yield. That they absolutely yield. Yeah. And I would say by age 15, oh, maybe 1%. Don't because it's probably not just pressure from their kids, but when Peers. they get when mm-hmm. they get together with their kids' that's, parents that's as well, right. that's absolutely they're, they're right. going, "Oh well, we gave her and blah blah blah," and yeah. it's like and she's oh, doing just fine. No, that, and I tell them, and, and they want you to affirm the only, their decision the for giving their kid. You think they're doing fine is because you haven't discovered it yet. Yeah, I tell them ninety plus percent of the time the kids are going to misuse that phone. They're going to get into pornography. They're going to get into sexting. They're going to go places you don't want them to go. They're going to be distracted by it all. As we were talking earlier with your producer. Mm-hmm. They're going to be so enamored with what's available to them. Normal everyday stuff is a drag. Yeah. Mass. Mass is in slow motion to them. Mm -hmm. Lift up your hearts. I actually know a priest who is not too far off that. Well, but you got a 15-year-old kid going, come on, man. Yeah. What is with this guy? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. and, And it's grandpa's birthday party. And she's sitting over in the corner. Oh, all hi, she, Grandpa. Happy birthday. Yeah, all she can think about is like, Mom won't let me use my phone while we're yes. here at Grandpa's party. And oh. and now all she wants to do, all she's thinking about, because I used to be this way. You know, I actually can remember kind of feeling this way in college. I remember getting my first smartphone and telling my mom how awesome it was and saying, Mom, you should get one. You'll be addicted to it. Isn't that great? And she looked at me and said, like, why would I want to get one? You know, my mom is is wise. 
uh, and I she he didn't get that no, that part. It's not genetic. It's not. It turns not, out wisdom's not genetic. It's no. not that doesn't work that way. But uh, the part of the problem here, one is the adult peer pressure. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The, the whole herd is heading that way. Another one is what I call time warp. When these things first came out, like any technology, mm-hmm. whoa, awesome, wonderful, let's have it mm-hmm. without anticipating the possible downsides. And so we're years yeah. into it, which before, can be hard to do. That's right. Yeah. We're years into it before it starts to come out from shrinks and researchers and different people. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. There's a real downside to this stuff that we hadn't anticipated. But we're already down the road. The kids already had it for six years. Mm -hmm. You asked the question, Adam. Age. Mm -hmm. Age is irrelevant. Moral trustworthiness. I had some kids I gave a phone to when they were 16 or 17. I had another one I didn't give a phone to until she was 18. Mm-hmm. It was that simple. I took five away from one of my kids. Because their friends give them the phone. If if their friends know that you didn't give them a phone or you took their phone because they mishandled it, oh, their friends will give them one. Oh, I have an extra one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from my, my last upgrade. My daughter got five. She yeah. got five that we had to discover and take away. Was what? she was she mad at us? <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Was she resentful? Heck yeah. But I always tell parents this. I want to live after my children are raised with the idea that they had to climb over me to get through that gate. Mm-hmm. Not because I opened up the gate. Right. Right. So that goes back to also the people who say, well, you can't shield them forever. I don't want to shield them forever. I want to shield them for as long as I can. Yeah, or until they're ready, like you until said. Until they're ready. Yeah. I always say, who has more ability to morally judge a situation, a nine-year-old or a 15-year-old? Right. And that, that's just, there's so many ridiculous notions like that. that or a nine-year-old or the nine-year-old's parent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This whole idea that they're going to see it someday. My grandfather would never have understood the word overprotective. He would have looked at you like, what? What, what do you mean overprotective? That, that's me. I'm, I'm their dad. Overprotective. There's no such thing. Right. Am I supposed to not protect them? That's it. Am I supposed to allow the culture to decide what they should know? That's, right. That's nuts. See, that makes... Okay. That makes me mad. <laughs> I agree. Because when I feel like I'm being bullied by the culture and by other parents... I become more determined. I'm going to raise my child at my pace with my morals Mm -hmm. that I judge best for their well-being. And I'm not going to let the world come in here and decide how to tell my child what's moral and what isn't. Yeah. So the more I've thought about cell phones, the more I think that a smartphone, cell phone is one thing, a smartphone is a totally Totally different different thing. Computer in your hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the age? I think it's like 25. I mean, I'm not kidding. Get married. I'm really not joking that I I don't think it's just so there's... It's not that, oh, a 20-year-old doesn't know how to be moral with it. That's actually not what I think the issue is, but it's the uh, in, uh, the addictiveness of the like the, the screen that glows and it, it sucks you in. Oh, I, I mean, to this day, I will catch myself doing something. I'm sitting in the living room and my kids are playing. And, you know, they're asking for my attention. I'm thinking, like, just a second. I'm trying to, like, 
finish reading this, you know, so what somebody that I don't even know is not even part of my life, what they wrote on Facebook. Oh, look at last night. I was with you guys, and your son was there, and my wife got a hold of me because my son was going through a bit of a little bit of a crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, look what I did. I left the table, mm-hmm. went over and sat down for 15, 20 minutes. You guys drank my beer. You took all my food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really- It was right and just. Dang. So here's the other thing, too. Surveys will show you that the majority of parents have no parental safeguards on that phone. Yeah. That's the other thing. I say, okay, you want to give them a smartphone? Then you better get the utmost in parental safeguards. Mm-hmm. You can't go to, you can't go on the internet. You can't have certain apps. There's time limited. You know, after nine o'clock, that phone shuts off and you can't get on it. But parents don't do that. No. They assume, and I'll tell you, many good Catholic Christian parents are blindsided because they just assume their kid was trustworthy. She's not like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and most of the time, it's not even the kid that's the problem. It's that the, the these porn companies are going after them. It's not that they're necessarily reaching out to these porn companies, but those porn companies and those other filth comp- websites are attacking them or trying yeah. to get to them. I saw a survey. Uh, 90% of 11 to 19-year-olds have seen pornography on the internet. 90%? 90%. Yeah. The average age of exposure is 9. Oh, yeah. It's really, really young. And that, that's and that has dropped uh, like two years in the last uh, handful of years. It used to be eleven, you know, not that long ago, and just in recent times has dropped down to nine. I mean, so it's, it is. That, so I mean, it's going to be seven, and it's going to be five in the womb. It's going to be in the right. womb yeah. before before we know it. It will it will be just oh preschool. You know, preschoolers are bringing you know porn to their preschool class. I mean. Th- it, that that ri- won't shock that me at all ridiculous. when it happens. Well, it that'll, that'll set them up to write some the, to watch some of the shows on Netflix. Right. Yeah. That way. That way, the rest of the stuff doesn't look yeah, so bad. There you go. But I wonder if part of it is that you know even the baby boomer generation and certainly generations before them grew up. It was a different time. The culture was different. There was a culture that helped provide built-in were, safeguards, guardrails. Yeah. So you didn't. You literally didn't have to do this stuff as a That's parent. That's right. The average parent has to have much more of a vigilance, much mm-hmm. more vigilance. This is not a farm in 1880. Okay? Right. Much more vigilant, much more aware, much more of a stiff spine. They have to not worry that their kids are going to resent them and rebel. I stopped going to church. You know why, Dad? Because you made me go to church. That's why I don't go to church anymore. You know, mm-hmm. that one thrown into parents' face, which is pure nonsense. Right. Are you going to stop eating green beans? Yeah, too? I stopped going to church because I don't want to go to church anymore because I don't like the morals. Right. So don't, don't, don't blame mom and dad. But the reason I wrote that book is because now probably the number one referral I get is parents of young adults who say, what the hell happened that's what that is so sad we we didn't raise them that way why are they like this why do they think like this they've jettisoned our morals they've jettisoned our religion they're hostile toward us because we're the neanderthal throwbacks to think like we do and i thought man i got to do several things one i got to give parents the spine to stand against this Mm -hmm. that's the first thing because they know down deep they're right the parents down deep i had one mom say to me well you know if it were up to me they wouldn't have a smartphone. And I, I look. <laughs> Who's it up to? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Who's it up to? Who's it up to? And yeah. so I try to give them the stamina to stand against it. And their relatives too. Their relatives mm-hmm. and grandparents. This happens all the time. And then I try to make them aware of the forces. Remember the movie The Fog? Remember oh, that yes, movie? I do remember that movie. You, you, the Fog the or f- The Mist? 
The Fog. Okay, I've seen The Mist, and it's, it, it is the worst movie I've ever seen. I don't know The Fog. The Fog was this seeping kind of malevolent force, and okay. you couldn't keep it out. It found cracks. That's what the culture is like in shaping our kids. It's like a fog. It gets it gets into your house, mm. and you've got to know it's coming. Mm. I do want to talk about making sure that we're on the same page as, as husband and wife. Yeah, we skipped over that. We kind of skipped we? over that. So when we get back, we'll do yeah, that. We'll come and, back and I also want to ask, what's the most common question you get from guys our age on your radio show in regards ooh, to parenting? Ooh, okay. So we'll be right back. We're not going. Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Me? Who's on first? Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Dr. Ray Garendi. I just want to let all of you listeners know we have a coupon code for... Coupon. Oh, coupon. Yeah. We got coops. Mm-hmm. We got coops for Covenant Eyes. Go to covenanteyes.com, enter coop code, Catholic Man, for 30 days for free. If you have, if your child already has a smartphone and you don't have Covenant Eyes on your child's smartphone, I'm just going to tell you, you have missed something that is a responsibility of yours well, as a Well, let's scare them a little more. There's, the odds are quite high that your child is eventually going to blindside you with a misuse of that phone. Right. But even if they don't, even if even if you do have like a St. Imelda for a, for Ooh, a child. Imelda. Yeah. Nice, yeah, I mean, fictitious name for, for this moment. No, St. Imelda is Yeah, a, but I'm, I'm just saying like, that's the one. I'm just saying, like, if your child is like her, who is like, okay. you know, she's gotcha. just at 11 years old, she's already like a pure soul. Levitating. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if that is your child, that doesn't matter because you, that doesn't change the requirements placed upon you as the office of fatherhood or motherhood. You know, it doesn't mean, because it's not always about whether your kid's going to go looking for it, but it will find your children. So, you know, you just have to, mm. you have to have covenant eyes. Catholic man, 30 days for free. So at the last end of the last segment, we were talking about the fog. And it reminded me, there's a guy here in town, his name's Andrew Pudua. He runs uh, what's called the Institute of Excellence in Writing. Um, they help with uh, homeschooling uh, resources. Uh, and he moved here from California. And he, what made him leave was that he kind of came to the point where he realized the culture was like a fog. And he had this image of he had his his family in his house and all the doors shut and but there was this fog pressing in and it, it was like coming in under the yes. cracks of the door Talk and about that in the book and he realized the only thing I can the only way to keep it out is for me to create positive pressure in On the, the house inside. to push to keep this gas from this nauseous noxious gas from getting in, into the house nice nice image yeah and so because we talked a lot about are your kids going to resent you. You know, there are actually kids who grow up to resent resent their parents. Yeah. Um, and some of that is just like maybe maybe that's just the way the kid is. Um, but also, I think it could be that it's not about just being Mr. Negative right. all the time. It's like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't, you know, it's, we're not a, a drill sergeant. We need to give our children something good. You know what's big for dads? It's huge and it's easy. Affection. Mm. That's huge. That's easy to do. Hugs and kisses. That counters so much. Yeah. You know, that 22-year-old that I told you about that had the thousand voices. 
I've kissed him since he was a little boy, and when he went and played basketball at high school before he went out in that court, his old man went up to him, wrapped his arms around him, and gave him a big kiss on the neck. And you know what some of his buddies said? I wish my dad would do that. Mm. This certainly dispels the myth that kids don't want to have their parents give them affection out in public. Yeah, I'm Italian. I'm going to kiss him. Yeah, you know what, dad, you know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hold you down in case you have to. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a kiss. Have a meatball. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing is, you know, I had to affirm him because all the moms were going, "Hey, try hard. You're gonna do good." And yeah. I said, "Petey, try not to stink the joint out." Yeah. Don't, you know, embar- don't embarrass yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. Your mother and I, <laughs> we're, out we're gonna stand. be leaving. Yeah. <laughs> you're not even picking him up on the pick and roll. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're gonna be riding home with your uncle Guido, and you remember the last time that happened. <laughs> I don't think you want it again. But uh, parents you know, disagree, and that's what you guys want to talk about, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But hey, let me just finish this real okay. quick, and okay. we'll get to it. As parents, we're the primary educators of our children. And uh, Andrew Pudua, again, he gave me the best definition I've ever heard of education. It's kind of a difficult thing to, to define, but he said that education is forming the appetite to desire the true, the good, and the beautiful. It's not actually about like filling the head with knowledge, but it's more of forming, education is supposed to form a person, you know? And so if we do that with our kids, create that positive pressure. You have to, as step one, keep out the bad stuff like we've been talking about, but also give them the truths and show them the beauty of the Catholic faith of the just the world. There's so many wonderful things, mm-hmm. you know, that we can show them like, hey, we all we all like them. I like truth good and beauty truth goodness and beauty you know yeah. so absolutely i just wanted to say that that's so why you had me on the show yeah yeah so I that i could say that. truth goodness good and beauty, beauty. Yeah. <laughs> so what if they say really do. listen dr ray I, I i feel you i get you i'm on i, I understand everything you're saying but li- listen my wife and i we're not on the same page she's not catholic or she's she doesn't take her faith seriously or uh we're divorced now and now we're having to raise our kids in separate households how do i how do i handle that depends how far apart you are Physically, emotionally, emotionally, and goal-wise, um, and divorce makes it much, much, much worse because you have no leverage whatsoever. Right. All you can really do is say, "I have these standards at my house, and your mom or your dad has those standards at their house." Yeah. There's no other way around that. I would say when a parent comes to me and says, "Well, my spouse doesn't doesn't think there's a problem with watching that, or my spouse wants them at age 12 to have a smartphone," how much can you negotiate with your spouse? That's one. You got to get me. You're going to have to come to some negotiation. If the spouse is flat out, no way, no how, I'm just doing it this way. You got a marriage problem. You just do. And I, I can't give you a formula answer for that. It so much depends upon how far apart you are, where the spouse is willing to move and to negotiate and say, okay, well, I'll hold out for another year on the smartphone or mm-hmm. all right, we'll, we won't watch, let them watch that show, whatever it is. You guys are young. Number one question I get from guys your age that who, that who have come back to the Catholic Church and who are faithful guys. Okay. Is it foolish to call a draw play on third and 12? I think that's probably the number one question I get on the radio. Well, how many times have you been running the ball? That's the question. That's a lot of it. Yeah. yeah have you set up the draw? Or are you just going to... Yeah, no, you, yeah. yeah, that's foolish because you telegraphed it. You right. know, yeah, I mean, if they've, been shut, if, you, if they've been shutting down the dive all day long, then it's just okay. not going to work. You know? We've established that. Yeah. Right. Actually, what I'm hearing is a lot of guys with regrets because they come to the faith and they recognize how they lived 
And maybe they recognize how they raised their kid the first seven years of that child's life. Mm. And now they're trying to do a, a, not only a turn, but maybe an about face. Right. And they're getting resistance from the kid. They're getting resistance from their spouse. Their spouse is saying, hey, man, you're, you're not the same dude I married. You know, dude I married was a fun partier. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, this is, this is a problem here. Mm-hmm. And I always tell the guys, I say, look, you can't become weird. You can't, you can't become this hyper pious, holier than thou. Yeah. You, you will lose that. The thing you have to do, this is the number one thing you have to do over time to show your wife that your newfound faith will make you a far better husband. It is in her best interests that you've come back to the faith. Right. That's what it is. It's not the fact that you're going to go to daily mass every day and leave her there while she sips her own coffee. And she's thinking, yeah, where is he? Well, he's gone to mass, okay. Mm -hmm. Or he's really excited when he gets on the phone with his men's group. I wish he would pay that much attention to me. You got to make sure that, that that spouse feels like, because I'm Catholic, this is really going to be good for you and for the kids. Yeah. So can can the can the dad take back the authority in the household if he, that he's given up yeah, in yeah. the first what do you seven do? years? If you've lost the authority, what do you do? Well, if he's given it up on his own, out mm-hmm. of laziness yeah, or out of misguidance, yeah, yeah, like, you can take it back. You can take it back, but you're going to be some, you're going to have some rumblings here. But yeah. the women are grateful. Far more often than not, the moms are grateful that dad is finally stepping up and she doesn't have to be the authority. She doesn't have to be the bad person that sets the rules because old Disney dad over there is sitting in the barca lounger and doesn't care what's going on. Yeah, I can't tell you how many women are resentful for that. Mm-hmm. They'll come into my office for marriage counseling and within about 20 minutes we find out, I wish he would help more with the kids. He just kind of just lets them do what they want, and I'm the one that has to try to set the rules, and he just kind of is the good guy. Yeah. They, 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 the women really have trouble with that. And if you're going to do that, you have to have a conversation with your wife that says, where you sit down and say, hey, wife, I have, I'm realizing I have I wouldn't not, approach her with that word, hey, well, wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might be right. Any, yeah. All the same. Like, I want to I do better. I want Here's the changes I want to make. Um, you know, and I'm going to need your help just so you know, this is what I want. This is what I'm hoping to do. And because otherwise she's not going to realize that, oh, hey, you're trying to actually make a big difference, big change here. Here's something that'll make your point. My wife asked me to do this. Mm -hmm. From this point forward, if mom has a certain rule or a certain standard or a certain ruling about a permission and the kids start to argue, she simply says, talk to your dad. This was his idea. Whether it was or it wasn't. Right. It's like a code word. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is not my ruling. This is dad's. And I tell the guys, step in there and say, yeah, she's right. That's exactly. And then you don't you don't go, it is? What, <laughs> yeah. What did I say? Yeah. No, so no. That's right. Yeah. It what, is. What, what, what is it? Everything that she said is exactly, exactly right. What, what I do. <laughs> But that worked really well because the kids, I don't want my kids giving my wife grief. Right. They right. come to me. I'll take yeah. the, I usually tell her, I said, I'll take the bullet. I think the, there's no reason you should have to take the bullet. I'll take mm-hmm. the bullet for you. Yeah, because men, we don't have the same emotional capacity no. to even worry about that's having right. our feelings that's hurt. Right. That's I mean, it's, it's, like, true. it's just fine. Like, oh, you hate me? Like, okay. I kind of don't care. Like, uh, did you make a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> like, so last night you gave, the logi- you gave a logical proof of, of, for the people who said, I've yeah, raised my kids the right I way, like you know, and yet they still have fallen away. All right. Why don't you walk we, that through? We got time to do it? Yeah, we, let's we do have, it. We have time. We have, yep, right. let's do it. You play my audience. All right. Is there a God? Yes. Yes. Christ God? Yes. yes. Was he sinless? Yes. yes. Could he perform miracles? 
Yes. yes. Did he have a perfect understanding of human nature? Yes. Yes. Could he get most people to follow him? No. No. Oh, so we think we're better than the God Man. <laughs> I always tell my parents, "Can you do a miracle? Can you even do a crummy card trick?" I can, th- I can do a crummy can, card okay. trick, yeah, actually. But, but we that's think it. it's a spiritual formula that's right. going to guarantee how our children are going to be raised. Yeah. We are not their saviors. The point is, there's a lot. There are so many challenges, so many uh, traps. The culture has literally set traps for our kids. We have to be prepared as parents. Go get the book. Yeah. Raise, raising be, Upright Kids in an Upside Down World. It's going to be on Audible at some point, correct? some point it will some be. Point. But right now it's at EWTN, uh, Sophia Press, or my website. Dr. Ray, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.